Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hecate Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Finnig. And just a second, I want to plug this. If you have not downloaded the Wild Wisdom Retreats brochure, make sure you go to wildwisdomretreats.com because I am planning some amazing things in Mexico, Tanzania, and Scotland in 2024. But extra special guests on today, Joy Stone, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with her. Um, we've really dive, dove deep um, with each other and a, another mutual friend, Amy, who has been a guest on the podcast as well, and, and trying to support each other. So today we are going to talk a lot about you know, when we've done all this spiritual development, aligning with our spirituality, and then we're still dealing with stuff. We're still dealing with doubt. So Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. This is an important one, I think, because I think there's I, a lot of women who deal with this or have the same question. Yeah, I, I agree. And I know you have um, a book, so we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes too. Um, that go really dives deep into all of this. But first, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. So I consider myself a soul connection coach because what I'm really passionate about, what I believe is so important, especially in like the realm of this conversation is that we get to know ourselves at a soul level. And when we know ourselves at a soul level, which is different than just like working on ourselves, like really getting to know who we are, then we feel like we have more self-trust. We can make better decisions and not just like better decisions, but better decisions for ourselves. So we actually feel more tapped in and tuned into our intuition. So I think that's a piece that's missing. And we'll talk more about that in all of the, the kind of the self-help trap is what I call it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, I think we've all, we, you know, we both have been down that road and everyone who's listening at, at, can understand that mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about like why you wrote your book um, and why you, why you have felt this, you know, this is a, a real issue to share with, um, with women everywhere. I mean, men too, but, you know, especially women are in our audience and with female entrepreneurs too, but this is applies to everybody. You don't have to be an entrepreneur and, and really the reason behind it, whether it's your personal journey too, um, and, and your desire to share this. Yeah. Well, I definitely am someone who grew up. I have always felt sort of anxious. And the title of my book is if I'm so spiritual, why am I still so anxious? So, you know, having been on a search for answers almost all of my life, uh, diagnosed when I was young with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and generalized anxiety coming from, and not everybody has to come from something like this to experience any level of anxiousness, but that was just my story. So coming from a home with alcoholism, um, instability, homelessness, just a lot of chaos in my childhood. And so I, I never learned to develop as like myself. I was always looking out mm -hmm. for my security. And I didn't know this at the time, but so that the struggle of just anxiety and trying to be perfect on the outside and trying to make everything on the outside. Okay. And that followed me through my life into my twenties and thirties and fast forward. I mean, I had everything on the outside. I had this job that I had worked up into, you know, in sales and marketing at the time I, 
you know, had my own condo, like I had friends, I had all the external things, but inside something was just not right. I was still anxious. I was still second guessing myself. I was questioning everything I said. I, I just didn't feel comfortable in my skin. I didn't feel worthy. Mm. And fast forward, you know, I was in therapy. I went on retreats. I, you know, recited affirmations. I had the mala beads and then I became a yoga teacher. So I ended up studying yoga, became a yoga teacher, and then decided to go back and study positive psychology. And so I had all of this information, all of this wisdom, and yet I was still really, really anxious. And so this started to feel almost like I had a sense of helplessness and hopelessness, you know, like what is wrong with me? What, why am I dealing with this? Why am I getting hooked into the same triggers again and again and again? Why do I feel so lonely? Like nobody understands me. Why do I feel like I have to work so hard just to get through my day, you know, especially in social situations. And so there was a time when it was 2012 and I was, you know, now had been a yoga teacher for 10 years. Uh, I had, you know, been successful as a yoga teacher. So obviously everybody from the outside also thought I was very Zen, you know, I would show up in my classes and like, you know, teach all of these philosophies. And I, and I, I believed them and I meant them, but inside there was just like, again, that, that disconnect. Mm -hmm. And so it was 2012 and I was in my car and I had this complete breakdown. Like I just broke down and I thought, why am I feeling this way? And will I ever not feel this way? Mm -hmm. And these three sort of downloads came to me in that moment, which changed my life. And I, that was the catalyst for me writing this book was like, I didn't write the book until 2020, but from 2012 to 2020, there was so many changes in my life. Mm -hmm. And these three downloads were that anxiety as I experienced it is not failure. It's not something that is bad. It's not like, Oh, I have anxiety. So therefore all the things I'm doing aren't working or I'm overthinking. So therefore all the things I'm doing aren't working. Mm -hmm. anxiety is it's feedback and it's showing me where I am in relationship to myself at a soul level. Mm -hmm. And so that was like a huge epiphany and kind of download I had. I was like, I'd been putting all of my effort into working on the anxiety, but not on really knowing myself at this level. So mm -hmm. every time I was anxious, my attention went back on the anxiety about what tool can I throw at it? What thing can I do to, to minimize it? And there's room for that, but that's only like one piece. I wasn't learning the deeper piece of how do I actually, how do I actually feel so connected to myself that I trust myself, mm -hmm. that I feel at ease in my own skin. Mm -hmm. So that was one download. The other one was that anxiety was the symptom and not the diagnosis. And that sounds so obvious now, but anxiety I'd been taught was always this diagnosis. You have anxiety, therefore you think negatively. You have anxiety, therefore you worry. Well, no, I worry and I have a lot of negative thinking. I don't trust myself, therefore I have anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I flipped it. So in my mind, there was like this big switch. And then finally, anxiety is a pattern. It's not a problem because we know that when we focus on a problem, it gets bigger. Anxiety is a pattern I can change. It's not a problem I have to continuously work on for the rest of my life. So I had this arsenal of tools, but they were not at all being used for really knowing myself. And that's the big distinction. So that's kind of the journey about how I got here and then why I felt it was so important to write this book, because we see more and more women today, even though we have more tools and information with more anxiety, more worry, more stress, more overthinking, feeling more lost, more disconnected. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I love that because I think it's so important for our audience women, women today to know because the misnomer is, yeah, that it's outside ourselves and it's this problem we need to take care of, just like you mentioned, these, uh, these downloads you got. And, uh, you know, I've had a similar similar experience um, in a, a little different way of when I needed to figure, like, how do I explain this? Like, having gone outside myself with all these therapies, you know, like I used to have a wild wisdom podcast. I talked about all these different types of modalities and that sort of stuff. And I love sharing them. They are useful in many, many ways. But if we do not come back to ourselves and work at that soul level and work through what happened in childhood, whether it was just, it wasn't even intentional. Like I grew up, my father's an alcoholic. Um, so that, that creates chaos in the home. Um, and you know, I, I know people with narcissistic parents or, you know, I did a family constellation and everybody has their stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can, it's, there's a spectrum of, you know, and it can be little T trauma or big T trauma, but it can still affect us. Like I had wonderful parents, but they were young, you know, mm-hmm. so they didn't, they couldn't give me the things that I needed emotionally. Um, and they didn't know no one. I, I think about my mom asked me the other day, she said, why did, why did you have to say you had to mother your mother? And I, and I was like, well, because we had to learn some things together. Like, I, I love you. Like, you, but I, you know, like we had to learn some things together because you didn't, you, your mother never taught you. Yeah, so yeah. you went into being a mother blind, you know, and it's like hard enough, even if you have some tools, you know, like, so yeah. all of these things affect us. And if we don't go into that route and then, you know, even beyond generationally, which is why we were talking before we recorded, like why I brought this podcast back, because I want to talk about all of this. Like we have to get deep. Otherwise we're seeking outside ourselves. And my grandfather once told me because I was the seeker as well. um, He said, what you seek, you cannot find. And I was like, interesting, you know, like these grandfather philosophies. And I was like, it's because it's not out there. I was like, that's what he meant. It's not out there. It's internal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's like, we have to go inside. What are we holding on to? What are we not getting? Like, what haven't we get that we yearn for? you know, that we can't stand in our power, those sort of things. And yes, it manifests as anxiety, self-doubt, depression. And I've dealt with all of those things too. Um, but when we kind of come to, we we do, we need sisterhood, community, guidance, accountability. We we're just talking about, we both have coaches ourselves because we need people to bounce off of yeah. um, and and who understand and get us. So we're not spending all day social situations trying to explain, you know, who we are. We need those communities. Um, But at the same time, yeah, we have to go beyond just getting a massage or, you know, the, the, um, you know, what people consider self-care, like, you know, can you heal me sort of stuff and go inside for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. You know, um, the, when I, the first, like, paragraph of my book is, you know, the problem with anxiety is that it's never been your problem. Mm, and wow. to me, yeah, mm-hmm. that was such a huge thing because 
when we start to get labeled, and I love that quote by Krishnamurti, and I won't say it perfectly, but basically when you tell a child a bird is a bird, the child yeah. never sees the bird. Because yeah. we, from a very young age, we were surviving. Like you said, like mm -hmm. we're going through all these things. We're not really, we're born, I feel like deeply connected to who we are. We know mm -hmm. who we are. And mm -hmm. then there's like, we're born into this world where we're immediately like, okay, I need to survive. Mm -hmm. And so whether depending, depend on our environment, that's going to kind of help us prune the brain and our experiences. But when we start to get labeled and we all are, mm -hmm. we stop seeing ourselves at that soul level and we start to work on the label or we start to identify with the label. And one thing I loved about yoga and becoming a yoga teacher is that it wasn't really the poses that I loved for me, it was the philosophy. And so mm -hmm. I was teaching yoga for a long time, but I really moved away from the poses and started diving into the philosophy. And one thing that it says is that anything that we become identified with, we're eventually going to have to surrender and let go of mm. because it's that identification that's causing yeah. the suffering. It's yeah. the identification with, I have this anxiety or this thought that's arising. That thought that's arising in my mind that's telling me something doesn't have to hurt me if I don't become identified with it. Mm -hmm. But the only way I'm not going to be identified with it is if I'm identified with something much bigger and more powerful. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think a lot of times when I, when I'm working with women at the beginning, it's very hard because we haven't again, been taught. We have been, we think we're like, yeah, we're learning about our higher self. We're learning about spirituality, but, mm -hmm. and this was me, right. But it's like, wait, no, but no, there is this place in you that you need to get to know. It's the unchanging place in you that you have to be established in to be able to disconnect from the things that are causing you suffering because you're not born suffering. Those are all things we've learned and we've identified with. And so it's also, you know, my book I talk about, and I know you talk about this is like that. We're not trying to fix ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're actually coming back home to ourselves and healing is to be made whole. And so all these little paradigm shifts were helping me start to recognize the purpose of the tools, because like you said, tools are important. Mm -hmm. There's short-term solutions, but there's longer-term solutions. And so the yeah. tools are helpful, but we have to understand what we're actually doing with them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, what you just mentioned about the soul level. So recently I had, a, I woke up in the middle of the night sobbing from this dream. And I remember telling someone, you changed who she was. And it was me. And it was like, it was, I think it was uh, the after effects installation um, a, a couple of weeks ago, which had nothing to do with the reality of the family constellation, but like, it's all energetic. Right. And I just was like, yeah, it's because, uh, and it was related to childhood and it was like, yeah, you're this person, like, you know, this soul level. And then all these things get you that you take on identify with, or just get put on you burdens, those sort of things. Like it does change you. And so, I completely agree because we've both been down this journey of like coming back to ourselves, embracing that anxiety and depression. What is that? What is it? Why am I experiencing this? What do I need to connect to? Sometimes it's just ourselves, you know, like that, like you mentioned, that unchanging place, because it is, it's, um, it is a signal mm -hmm. to come back and come home to ourselves. Yeah, for sure. It it is. And I think even as you're sharing about, you know, we're, we're saying each of us is, is saying mm -hmm. to come back home to ourselves. And I was recently speaking on a panel about this topic mm -hmm. and there were women who were sharing, like, I don't even know who that is. 
like when you say that, I don't even know who that is. And it was like, yeah, me. And I remember too, like coming from any kind of trauma or stress as a child, or just a lot of us, we don't have to come from that, but we don't learn who we are Yeah, is who is that we're coming home to. And it's not the monkey mind. It's not this personality that we think we have. It's not me joy as a, as a woman, it's not me in this physical body. There is something in me that I call our soul circle. And I write about this in the book. I kind of just give it like a tangible like mm-hmm. the soul circle inside of me, which is, has qualities. And those mm-hmm. qualities are confident, mm-hmm. freedom, joy, peace, all knowing, you know, like we learn about Sat Chit Ananda, but they're, they're like an English language, like they're all knowing. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to learn to like identify with our true nature, which are those qualities. Mm-hmm. And when we can identify with those qualities when we are calmer. And this is something too, that I had to switch in my brain is that when I'm calmer, I'm actually more powerful Mm -hmm. because I had learned when I was more stressed or more anxious, then I'm in more control, but I'm not, I'm actually stepping outside of myself. So the first thing for me was just remembering that, you know, one of my early philosophy teachers said, every time you come to your practice, joy, whether that's sitting on a meditation cushion, whether that's standing on your yoga mat, whether that's doing a, you know, a constellation, whether that's whatever the practice is that we're doing Mm -hmm. is you're doing one of two things at the beginning. A, you're celebrating who you are. If that's a day that you woke up and you remember your soul level Mm -hmm. or two, you're remembering who you are and you have to consciously choose it sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's the power of our, of our free will. Like we can choose into coming back to those qualities but that is going to require a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that was another huge one was like, okay, this, the best thing I'm going to get is awareness in these spiritual practices. But what I have to take control of is that adhikara, that studentship, that authority that I want to have in my life. How much do I want this? Because the other patterns are really loud. Oh yeah. And it's not an easy process to come back to yourself to let go of all those loud patterns. It doesn't feel good sometimes, but it's totally worth it. I mean, you know, like we're both on our journeys and the journey continues, but I I know that I have like let go of a lot. I've been through a huge heart opening process. I'd already, you know, went through lots of personal development for years. And then when I moved to Mexico, it was like, it's time to open your heart. And it's like, okay. And then like, that doesn't just mean like, you know, it's suddenly open. It was like, let go of this, let go of this. It's time to connect. And I've talked in my podcast before, like the dancing tango was really revealing to me because it's easy um, to start to do this alone and then like have to do it with someone else and really realize, oh, I'm not connecting. I'm still in my head on some level. And, and like I, I dance on Monday and I like, I'm sure there's still a little bit of connection I can still do, but like, like just how flowy it felt because I was more connected and it's a process, but I, I, I know I have a client and um, she, when she came on retreat with me, she was, she was like, I connected. I mentioned before we started chatting, I connected with her, the dots of the mother wound and, um, and, she, and had her read the book. It didn't start with you by Mark Woolen. And she was like, wow. And she was like, but I'm not ready to dive into all this. Like, this is a lot. And I'm not ready to deal with this. And we continue to work together um, on things that come up, this fear of failing, because she, 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 
well, sometimes my personal life is great. And now my business is not, which it was not true, but that's what she felt. And then vice versa before, like when I came on retreat, my personal life was in shambles and my business was great. And it was like, there's just always ebbs and flows, um, but diving deeper. And it's like, you know, there there's deeper connections that we have to get into um, beyond the talk therapy or uh, beyond the yoga classes, you know, those sort of things like these all help lead us back to ourselves. But there are other things that we can do to really come home. But yeah, you're right. Like, you have to be like, I'm going to do this. And yeah. it's not always pretty. It's not. And it's, I remember there was a time when um, I had come home, I'd, I'd had a session with my teacher. And this was again, back in like 2000. I don't know, 10, 11, like I can't remember so many years ago, but I was, I came home and I told my husband, I said, oh my gosh, I just had the hugest epiphany that in, in yoga, there's a teaching called Abhyasa and Vairagya, which is practice and detachment. Mm -hmm. And so much of what I was doing unconsciously, because it's just what we're taught, especially a lot in the self-help personal development is letting go of things. So in detachment, I was detaching from a thought when I had a thought like, okay, I'm going to take my breaths. You know, I'm not going to think that thought, you know, but I wasn't practicing the abhyasa, which abhyasa, the root of that in the abba is to be connected to the most intimate part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't practicing being established in that. And what that means is that I'm not going to feel authentic all the time. I'm not going to feel like it's real. Like if I say, you know what, I'm practicing feeling more confident. I'm practicing feeling more aligned with that part of me that's peaceful. That's not going to feel real. And that's why it feels hard because our brain is constantly wanting to look back at, but wait, this is how you feel mm -hmm. like, because that's the habitual feeling or thought sure. that I'm detaching from. But if I don't choose like the new sidewalk I'm walking down, if I don't say this is the path, and to consciously align with that, that version of me that I want to be, that is the practice. It's, it's mm -hmm. the version of me that I am inside that's whole and complete, mm -hmm. but it's choosing to feel the way that I want to feel. Mm -hmm. It's choosing to think the way that I want to think. And all the while knowing that even that isn't me, like that's the, the whole liberation. Like that's, that's not even me. Like mm -hmm. these, these thoughts aren't me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not, it's, it's hard. And I love it when in, in the yoga sutra, Patanjali says in the first sutra, Atta Yoga Nushasanam, where he's like, there is a place in you that isn't suffering. There's mm -hmm. a place in you. That's all knowing there's a place in you. That's light and whole and complete. Mm -hmm. But to know that place, you're going to have to commit mm -hmm. and to commit the next sutra. He tells us, we're going to have to learn to harness those thoughts, all these fluctuations of the mind but he doesn't tell us to wrestle with the thoughts. And this mm -hmm. was another epiphany. He wasn't like, Hey, we're going to wrestle with all these thoughts and fight with them all day long. What we're going to learn to do is dive deeper into a deeper state of awareness mm -hmm. into almost like this, the observer. Like sometimes I think about my life now where I'm fully engaged, mm -hmm. but it's like, I'm watching a movie. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm not the movie. I'm mm -hmm. the observer of the movie. And then I can choose where I want to place my attention. I can choose, sure. you know, what I want to engage with mm -hmm. because a lot of times we think something's coming at us in life and we have to bite the hook or we just have to engage with it, but we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, it's really, um, you know, one of the things that has, has helped me and I love to share 
is clearing the distortion patterns that we carry from our childhood, from family of origin, ancestral uh, patterns, society and culture. Um, and I, I share this a lot. Uh, I love Karen Chong's work with sphericalluminosity.com. I'll link that in the show notes. I've mentioned it before on here. Um, and like, there's so much stuff that we carry that we don't even know we're holding. And I think it's a helpful tool. They're just guided, uh, you know, meditations, but they're really powerful. Uh, and I always suggest to do them at night so you can detox during sleep, but, um, cause they're like emotionally powerful, but really clearing all that out. So it helps you connect to, your truest nature, that unchanging place that you mentioned. Um, It's been really helpful for me because um, it really dives into that unseen, the unseen things that we carry. And, um, and, and I practice all kinds of things, you know, like I do Qigong, which is very helpful. Um, I still do yoga. Um, I didn't for a little while because physically it it did not feel good. I I mean, I did yoga nidra and stuff, but um, meditations, but I do different things for different reasons. But like, I think when we're talking about coming back to who we are and and if we don't know who we are, so we have to often remove those things that are still held yeah. in our body or in the Koshik model in the layers of the body. Um, and that is really one of the tools I love using uh, because yeah, like there's so many things that we carry we have no idea that distort our reality. Right. And we're integrating them through the koshas. I love that. Uh Like we're learning to integrate everything instead of wrestle with it. Yes. Bring it into that whole, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a shift in an approach you're talking about. Yeah. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us. We may feel that sometimes as we're going through this process of of shedding layers and things that aren't us, our identity things. It's nothing wrong with us. It, we're just, oftentimes it reveals that we're very different than the role we've played in society mm-hmm. um, or in our family or that sort of stuff. So that that journey also often reveals that. And um, then, we, you know, we may be the, some people call it the black sheep. Some, somebody told me the other day that they call it the white sheep. And, you know, like, you know, those sort of things in our family patterns. And, um, but like, like, you know, the, the journey is, is really important. I, I'll mention one thing. I remember when, especially a couple of years ago, when I was called to open my heart and I knew I had come to a certain place where my vibration was much better. Cause when we moved to Mexico, like I attracted, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. Right. So like attracted beautiful people in our lives, but there were still things I needed to deal with. And I was talking to a client um, who's a medium and life coach in uh, California. And she was like, like family stuff. So like I, to open my heart, I needed to deal with family of origin stuff. And I had dealt with it on some level, but not that deep. And, and cause I was repeating patterns of my parents yeah. in some way. And she kind of like, acting like my mother or something like that, but not, you know, so totally unconscious. And I was, I remember being so pissed off that I was like, I've done all this effing work, of uh, personally developed, uh, you know, and my, I'm still carrying these low vibrations. 
And that's what led me into the distortion pattern clearings because, but I remember like super pissed off and I, and, and I was like, you know, I did all this effort work, blah, blah, blah. But you know, that anger like opens that door. It's transformation. It's fire. And uh, we need that. And so, um, but it was just sort of like, I, I, I tell the story because whoever's listening, just know that you might feel like that. Yeah. Like I have worked and done this and blah, blah, blah. And there's still more effing layers of the damn onion to, you know, to get through. And that is okay. Yeah. It, that is okay. And because you have to be ready to embrace anxiety, to, you know, to see it not as an outside problem or separate from you, you know, for example, or yeah. be ready to deal with family of origin or beyond energetic, emotional patterns, you know, you have yes. to be ready and it doesn't all happen just because you want it to, or overnight, it takes years to shed oh, yeah. those layers. And I think that's important to know because there's a lot of stuff, especially on social media or out there of this like spiritual bypassing bullshit. And, you know, I'm like, you know, like it it takes time and it will never be perfect. And we're not trying to be, because then, like you said, we're not completely liberating ourselves because that's still some identity we're trying to grasp onto. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in what you shared and it's to me, it's that I had to give up this whole story that I was working on myself Mm. and I had to start to shift the story that I'm just getting to know myself. Like Uh we're still working on ourselves, meaning that I'm still, but I'm not working on myself like a project. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's it's okay if something arises because to me, everything is a messenger. Everything Mm -hmm. is showing me where I am in relationship to myself. I mean, I'm always connected to myself on some level. I just am not aware of it, but where has my attention gone? Mm -hmm. What am I believing? What am I focused on? What have my habits been lately? You know, have I been taking care of myself? Have I been speaking up for what I need? Do I even know what I need? Like you had talked about. Mm -hmm. So it's just a messenger, but if we're always trying to suppress the messenger, we never get the message. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was it. Like I've learned to, to step into my worthiness into belief in myself, into knowing that I belong into being okay to take up space. Cause that was one of my big fears. Like I don't belong and I can't take up space. Like I just have to accommodate everyone else in this world. Cause that's how it was as a child. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, but we do that when we see, when those things arise, like you said, I'm still dealing with this. Oh my gosh. I have that same thing. I mean, I moved to Nashville and the area of my life, I moved to Nashville from Los Angeles and that I can look back on and see where I have sabotaged myself again and again and again is in relationships with girlfriends, Mm -hmm. not really girlfriends like that. I'm super close to, like I have a handful that just, I feel like, but when I move and I, I get into a group of people, Mm -hmm. I will, my brain will start to tell me they're doing things without me. They don't like me. They Mm -hmm. think I'm weird. It's just these random thoughts or these feelings that come up that make me want to separate myself from people Mm -hmm. because that's the protection. Mm-hmm. And then I separate myself and then I feel more alone. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like the cycle, but I see where I have done that. And I started to do that even here when I moved here and I'm mm-hmm. years into this work, mm-hmm. but that's a messenger. It's like, okay, joy, how can you use this? And instead of beating myself up, I actually told the women that I was meeting, right. I like said, Hey, look, like this is coming up for me. And this is why I've been acting this way, like shutting down or kind of closing down or being distant. 
I'm taking responsibility for that. This doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing. And I said it better than this because we were in a conversation, but it was like, I just owned it. I just said, this is just a pattern that's arising and it feels so powerful at times, Mm -hmm. but it's not who I am, you know? And so just owning it, is there so much humility in that? And then when we own something, we can change something. When we say, this is the pattern that I'm living with and I can change this. I can pick something else as hard as it is and learn to actually, you know, there was a time when I was meeting people. This is just a simple example, but I was meeting people with my son, other moms with their kids. And they were like an hour late. And mm-hmm. I got so pissed off inside because my, my, my wound was telling me, see, Joy, you don't matter. See, mm-hmm. they don't care about your time. Mm-hmm. And so instead, what I was able to say is, Hey guys, like I have to leave in an hour. So now I'm sad. I'm going to miss out on some of the fun because we were scheduled to meet at this time. Like mm-hmm. instead of it being a total shutdown, a total wall off. Yeah. But that's, I think for me, how I heal is I can recognize the feeling, not mm-hmm. see the feeling as failure. Mm-hmm. And choose to do something different when I have support and when I know that I'm okay inside, when it's okay and I give myself permission because I know myself on a soul level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great example. And any mothers out there can totally relate like to play dates and stuff like that. Like I'm not the biggest fan. I'm terrible about going to them. I have to kind of force myself. Not that I don't want to connect. It's just like, there's one more thing I got to do. Um, and, and so I pick and choose, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's really a really great example to share because oftentimes we can get frantic about time or, and it's, it's, it is something deeper, you know, like that's just an example, but it's something deeper and yeah, like, I mean, that, you know, that those things stink, like you, you lost an hour of, of time, but like being able to shift and go, no, wait a minute, I'm getting triggered by something. Um, and that's not a big deal, not as big a deal, but I'm still going to say something about it because, you know, I want to make sure that like, let's well, shift that in a way. Yeah. That's one of the tools that I learned through the yoga psychology is that whole idea of with the yamas kind of being honest and kind. Instead of like, I was always so kind, quote unquote, and I was codependent. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to, oh no, I can't say that I feel sad or I feel disappointed because I don't want someone else to feel bad or think I'm needy. So I wouldn't even speak my truth. So I I would just be kind Mm -hmm. or I would get so frustrated. I would hit this like rage wall. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I would just Mm -hmm. be like too honest, like shut people out and then say, forget Mm it. So there was like this really, you know, black or white kind of way of functioning with, with people. And so learning to harmonize and balance and have that viveka and use those yamas, these teachings in yoga to cultivate that discernment, which Mm -hmm. is what the answer really is partly in yoga is learning to cultivate discernment so that I can see myself more clearly, see life more clearly and make better decisions for myself. Yeah. And I think that's so important because when we get into that, oh, we're so kind or the extreme opposite of so rage because we never speak our truth, um, you know, we can be blinded by that rage. Um, And for many women, we have been conditioned to be the good girl and and don't speak up enough, uh, let someone take over or don't speak up enough. I mean, that goes in many levels 
uh, with the throat chakra, um, could be witch wounds. It could be all kinds of stuff, but, um, I think it's really important in, in that example. Yeah. I mean, you got there an hour early, like to say something about that. And, and for many women listening, we can get too much in our good girl and be too kind and then be angry later. And I think it's super, super important. You know, recently I had something similar. Um, my, my tango teacher hadn't, uh, confirmed with me and I, so I scheduled something else. I was like, whatever. I mean, I love my, my private class every week. And I was like, I'm not going to squeeze it in. Like you have to confirm with me. Like I know it's Mexico <laughs> and, and it's a little different culture and things are a little more, so some things wishy-washy. I mean, that's a generalization, but, but I was just like, no. And, but I could easily same, like be my good girl self and be like, okay. And I was like, no, I'll see you next week. And, um, and that's part of that little by little, you know, integrating, like you said, the teachings of the Yamas and, and stepping in. And, and to me, I see that in, reflected in moving from the good girl into our wise woman self as well. And I think it's really just different ways of talking about it. But um, I think it's really important because we can all, we, both of us know that there's tons of times where we didn't speak up. And then we go into that rage, that blind rage sort of stuff, because um, we're so angry and we're angry at ourselves too, at the situation and ourselves. So I think that's really, really an important point. And I think that helps us integrate those anxiousness feelings or the self-doubt when we start to speak up more and move from the good girl patterns. You're on mute, Joy. <laughs> It's going to bring it up too, to where, mm -hmm. um, the more that we do something like that, where we say, I'm actually going to speak a little more of my truth or, you know, set this boundary or whatever the behavior that, that we're practicing, it's going to bring up the anxiety even more. And that's mm -hmm. something to recognize. Like for me, it was like, Ooh, that's really, cause it's like that riverbank in the ocean. So we're flowing mm -hmm. down a new river, but the boundary of what we've always done is still there, like mm -hmm. coming back into our mind going, but wait, joy, you're not someone who does this. Like just just stay quiet. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, we're going to see the anxiety more or the, or the overthinking more, or the fear more. And that's a good thing because as we know, like until the unconscious is conscious, we can't change it. So the more that we practice the new behavior, which is the abiyasa, mm -hmm. the more we're actually able to see what we need to let go of. It brings that stuff from that's down there. Like we're talking about up to the surface. Mm -hmm. And so these practices are made for that, not just beating the head on it. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, and I, I, and you're right. I always say like the first step is awareness. And um, I have a client who she's rebuilding her team and she, um, she thought she was a failure because her, she had turnover. And I was like, that's just how it is. Like, sometimes you don't hire the right people. It's not your fault. Like you're just learning. And, um, and she was like, well, I'm kind of like, I can tell I get in the snippy, like I expect to if I text you, you need to text right back. And I was like, you got to let that go. Like, and what you need to do is create expectations and guidelines and parameters of, because if people don't know, especially your team members, like, and they're contractors, not employees, like they, you have to have these things. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then we're starting to explore, like, what is that? Because 
it's deeply rooted in her family dynamics because I work with her brother too, and he acts the same way. And I get a half-ass apology. And, um, and I'm like, he needs to shift that. But, um, and so does she, but like, she's aware of it now. Cause I said, you know, you won't keep team members if you snip at them. Like okay. you, you need to work on that, you know, but for her, it was even being aware yeah. that she did that. And she probably does it in her personal relationships. It's probably deeply rooted in family dynamics. And, it, it, but it's like, we have to understand that these things can like, for her, she's learning how to be the CEO. Yeah. And so part of that is stepping up your game as a leader in your, in your company and your business. And so you, you know, not being late for meetings and not snipping at your employees and that sort of stuff. But like the fact, the awareness factor is that first step, you know, personally in your business, that sort of stuff, when you're stepping into those roles and you're healing is like, yeah, being aware because we can't change without that awareness. No, we can't. I often say like my business has become one of my most like biggest spiritual experiences because Mm -hmm. it really brings up everything. I mean, I was just having a conversation with my coach, like just even about posting on social media and really posting from my truth. Mm -hmm. And she's like, joy, every time that you go into this idea that you can't do that, or you're second guessing yourself is that's my ego. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in ego. I'm not in my true self. I'm not back home into that part of me that I can trust. Mm -hmm. I can trust myself to say what I want to say. And I can trust myself even when other people don't agree, like just learning to like recognize where this little ego flares come up. And those mm-hmm. little ego flares are not bad. They're showing us again, where that's the awareness of, okay, now what do I need to let go of or change or alchemize or, you know, integrate or shift or build something new. And so those things are gifts, but again, we have to know what that is. And a lot of times people haven't built their foundations. Like you're saying, like, what are my preferences? What are my beliefs? What are my gifts? What are my values? You know, mm-hmm. what is my relationship with me? What are my standards? What are my, you know, non-negotiables? Like what, what are my, what do my relationships mean to me? I mean, we have to kind of establish that, like what makes my life meaningful and pleasurable? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to close out with, yeah. with uh, your suggestions on how to establish that foundation to get there. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's in your book or, or just how you work with clients, but, you know, start to establish that foundation to make that shift. Yeah. I mean, one, I think one of the challenges that a lot of us have is that when we're asked, okay, so let me preface it with this. If we can all almost list out what it is that we don't want, mm-hmm. but we've heard this before, but when you're asked what you do want, you're like, huh? And it gets very, very vague. Like I want to be happy. I want to be peaceful. And I remember working with my coach early on, like this is years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him and I said, I just want to feel confident. And I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I remember thinking that is what, wait a minute. And he's like, that is vague. And mm-hmm. that's going to look different for you than it's going to look for me. Yeah. And so I use this analogy that if I ask everybody to draw a donut, like if we're in a workshop or a retreat and I ask everybody to draw a donut, most people draw a circle with a circle inside of it mm-hmm. because that's a universal picture that we all have. Yeah. But if I ask everybody to draw happiness or fulfillment or success, there's a lot of blank pages that I'm in a And there's also, it's all going to look different. Everybody's picture is going to look different. And so the first thing is we have to start to define what makes me happy. So I would tell people, start to make a list of things that are meaningful to you in your life. 
What are things that are meaningful? It gives your life meaning. And then what are things that bring you pleasure? What are things that bring you joy in your life? And then what are your strengths? What are actually your gifts and your strengths? And you can start to, you know, play with these and start to play with like, okay, is what I'm about to do in my life? Does it, does it align with what I think is meaningful and pleasurable and important? It, it, and if there's a difficult situation coming up in my life, are there strengths that I can apply, right? Mm-hmm. How can I use this to build more resilience? So it's getting clear on what those are, but also one thing I'll say is I'll leave with this exercise. Cause it's really, really simple. It's called the best eye exercise. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard that, you know, take a few breaths, right? But those breaths don't change us if we don't understand why we're taking the breaths. So this best eye is B E S T dash I mm-hmm. B is for breathe. So when you wake up in the morning, take those three breaths, but remember that you're taking those three breaths deep breaths to start to calm that monkey mind and to reestablish yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're going to take those breaths and realize that you're quieting down that monkey mind and tapping into that unchanging part of you. The E is for an excerpt. So like reading something that inspires you, that nourishes you, that aligns with who you want to be. So if you say you want to be peaceful and confident, but you're waking up first thing and scrolling your first excerpt, you're reading is social media or the news. That's not in alignment with who you want to be and your values and your beliefs. So reading something that nourishes you, the S is for senses, because this is where you want to start to draw your senses inward because all day long, your senses are pulling you out into the world. And you don't even realize that you're not living by your values or your beliefs. You're just reacting to everything around you, right? Your, your mind's pulling you out through your senses to the external world. So with the senses, what you can do is you can start to just notice the sound of the birds, the sound of the ocean, smell some essential oil, feel your feet on the ground, like just start to control your senses to start to tame your mind instead of letting your senses run you. And this is a a teaching from yoga psychology, but just take a few breaths and do that. And then the T is for gratitude. So for thankfulness and get clear on something that you really feel thankful for and let that like fill your whole body so that you start to feel better inside. And the last one is I, which is, um, this is one that really helped me. So this is where we start to meditate on that light within, but -hmm. then we also look at our day ahead and go, okay, what does my day ahead look like? And for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to go teach yoga. Say if I, when I was teaching yoga, I'm going to go teach yoga. I'm going to encounter this situation, that situation. And I could feel already myself getting anxious or nervous or stressed. You know how we can do that. Mm -hmm. So your best I, you're meditating on that light within that true self. And you're also visualizing how you want to be in your day Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to feel like that and to be like that, even if just for a moment. So this could take 10 minutes, this could take five minutes, but this is where it really is important to develop some practice, not because you're checking it off the box, not because it's a, a tool that you're just throwing in the toolbox, but because you understand that you're using these tools to align a with your deeper soul self and B with the life that you want. So you have to have everything line up. So that's a simple practice, but that's something, you know, without going deeper into yeah. all the values. I think that's really a helpful practice. How can people connect with you, Joy? Um, they can find me on Instagram at Joystone Coaching or on my podcast at Joystone Coaching or it's not Joystone Coaching at the Joystone Coaching Podcast. And um, on Instagram, they can go grab 
my brand new free, I have like a private podcast. It's a three part and it's called why working on yourself isn't working and what will. So you just have to grab Wonderful. That. Wonderful. And I'll link to those in the show notes as well. Well, thank you, Joy, so much for being on. Yeah. And uh, everybody listening, I can't wait to welcome you into a retreat, one of the Wild Wisdom Retreats next year. Make sure you head to wildwisdomretreats.com to download the brochure. And um, I am launching my mastermind in January, but you can get in now and secure your spot in Mexico or Scotland in 2024. Uh, the link's in the show notes at alyssafinnick.com forward slash mastermind. All right. See you next week.